PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Keep the moving parts in your car's engine constantly lubricated so they can keep moving you. Replace dirty, worn oil with fresh, reliable, hard-working oil, like castor oil, which offers maximum protection against viscosity and thermal breakdown. Stock up now for those oil changes ahead. Castrol oil is on sale in the automotive department for just $1.17 a quart. And check the 12-quart case for information about a special mail-in offer that can save you up to $4 on an oil or air filter. Do it now. Sale in Saturday. Show everybody likes it. Listen, Listen to, to shit. shit. Welcome to Cinema Crespo Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 446. Man, I should not have had a sip of cranberry juice right before. It's like so tardy and I'm not used to the sugars. And now your lips are all pursed. It's like it hits the back of the, the back of the mouth, like squeezes up on me and makes it hard to say the words to start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most professional podcast you'll ever hear. That's right, Cinema Crespity. So we make up words to name the show and then we stumble and, through the intro and lie to the listeners. And then we lie blatantly. to the listeners blatantly <laughs> about everything. It's all lies. It's all lies. We're lying. With me, lying. It's true, Scott. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing. I mean, off mic, we're talking about the horrors of our lives. But on mic, things are doing good, aren't they? Come on, we're entertaining. We're great. We're happy. All smiles, all good times. Big ups to our listeners. You know, I do this every single week. I don't want to forget. Big ups to our listeners in Ontario. For some reason, when I click on cities for Canada, on my stat tracker, it's just like Ontario. It's not giving me a city. It's like here's an entire province. Yeah. Uh, but shout out to our listeners in Ontario holding it down in Canada, as well as our listeners in Shreveport, Louisiana. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really blowing it up in Shreveport. Okay. You know, we gotta go get some gumbo, don't you know? I don't like fish. And uh, of course, doing huge numbers in the Ciudad de Mexico. Wepa! They love us in Mexico, Drusa Cogburn. Okay. They do. Cool. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> they don't lie. Uh, so here we go. We are going to review M. Night Shyamalan's Old. And it's going to be a spoiler-free review because it's an M. Night movie. And if you're going to see an M. Night movie, the whole point is like, well, where is this thing going? And where is it coming from? Where is it coming from <laughs> and where is it going? And then it gets there and then you're like, huh. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Drew Sikagra. Yeah. What you think? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a hard yeah. I mean. How do you spell that? Y-U-N-N. NH. I mean, for me personally, when it comes to M Night movies, this is definitely at the probably more of the bottom tier. We're we're, we're talking more happening, more happening, less Sixth Sense. Yes. Top tier M Night. What we got? We got M. We got the Sixth Sense. Yeah. We got Unbreakable. I still haven't seen Unbreakable. <laughs> that is genuinely fascinating. <laughs> still haven't seen it. Genuinely fascinating. At this point, it's like yeah. why? I mean, <laughs> I don't know why. I just had. 
The yeah. funny thing about Unbreakable, Drew Zakagran, that came out in 2002, something like that. Um, think about the time period for movies. Uh, for comic book movies in 2002, all we have is X-Men mm-hmm. in 99. When's X2? Maybe the same year, right? Maybe. Uh, also the same year as Spider-Man, right? So that's it. For And then we have... We're still we're still stinging from Batman and Robin. <laughs> All these years, four years, five years later, we're still like Batman and Robin. Oh boy, that Batman's dead. We will never get another Batman movie. And then uh, Superman haven't had a Superman movie since Christopher Reeve broke his neck. Mm-hmm. So comic book movies are in disarray. Yes. And then here comes M Night Shyamalan with his sneaky backdoor comic book origin story, um, and it blew people's minds. Like, what? This is like a. This? People are like, this is like a comic book movie. This is crazy. We had no idea. And and now to see it now, it's like, oh, that's quaint. Mm-hmm. That's cute. He's trying to make like a Marvel type thing. You mm-hmm. know? But it's uh but he beat them to the punch. Yeah. Well he made it the Shaman I'm not Shyamalan universe with Glass. And then he and ends then up the doing other a, one. Did you see Glass? No. Because okay. it's a sequel to the movie I didn't see. Yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> but he did see Split though. I did see Split. Which is technically in the same universe technically, now that he, yeah. he like retconned it in yeah. a funny way. Split's a better movie than um, Old. Split is for sure better than Glass. Better than Old. Split is to the upper end. Mm-hmm. On the upper end of the M. Night, right? But now you have... So you have early M. Night, though, which is a lot of the big budget stuff. Yeah. Signs. Big budget movie. And I enjoyable for the most yeah, it part. It bad. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, haven't rewatched it in a while, but I enjoyed it. It also has its dumb stuff though, where it's like with the the water everywhere, mm-hmm. and the and the aliens that hate water. They land on the planet ninety percent water. Mm-hmm. The um, then you have like your low end. You got the village. The village, I think, is most frustrating to people because part of it is so good, and, oh, yeah. and it's so some of it is so well made and so well conceived. And then the yeah, and then the rug gets pulled. Yeah, then the rug gets pulled. and uh-huh. then like, oh, it's modern times, and the monsters are this is lame. It's, it's just Adrian Brody <laughs> running around in a cave. Is stupid? Um, yeah, it is stupid, actually. Yeah. Um, and then Lady in the Water is like a nadir for like, whoa, this is like... This, this is a, weird shit. Yeah, it's like, this is the story I tell my children when they go to bed. It's like, are your children uh, R-words? <laughs> <laughs> are they slow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have they been left back in school in a couple years? <laughs> tell us the story again. about. Sorry. And I also... Another thing about old that I don't like... Yeah. He's in it way too much. <laughs> I like, <laughs> like I don't mind if I like. Yeah, I don't mind when he shows up. Mm-hmm. But then, oh. well, I mean, late in Lady in the Water, he is a full-on character in that he, and then he writes a story like I play a character who is destined to write a thing that will like bring world peace or change the way. He, but I will also be killed for my words. Like he writes himself as a messiah, yeah. as a messianic writer. That's so weird. That is weird. I hate it when he introduces himself like that yeah, in his movies. That's too much. In this one, his at first it was just a cameo where he's yeah. just like a driver. Like, oh, yeah. that's fun. Uh-huh. Okay, that's, yeah. that's a fun level of cameo. And then he does come back later. Like, oh, he's like, going to be in this a little bit more. Yeah, fuck that. But it's essentially two scenes that he's in. You Still, think it's two, one think scene it's too much? Way too much. Okay, okay. Drew, Drew draws a line in the sand. A classic <laughs> Drew Sikakra stand means M. Night, one scene, that's and done. Get. That's it. That's two scenes. Who do you think you are? Marlon Brando in a movie with Jack talking, Nicholson. You're, you're talking in a movie. You're for, talking. For more than one scene that actually means something. Fuck you're, you. You're acting. You're delivering yeah. exposition. In your own movie. Fuck what? you. Yeah. Uh, he started doing that in The Village. Oh, no. He did that in The Signs where he was the guy in the in the truck. He was like, I got to leave. Like, do not open I'm, that closet. I, I trapped it in I'm there. I'm not sure if when I saw Signs, I knew what he looked like. So I'm, I don't, oh, fair. I, I don't know a, if it bothered me. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. 
I, but I do enjoy that he puts himself in his movies for at least a scene or some sort of cameo. I think that's always fun. Even in the bad movies, when he pops up, I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here it is. Here's here's the M. Night cameo. That's always a uptick for me. Um... His least his recent movies now are all, all low budget. You know, this movie only cost him eighteen million dollars to make, and at the box office it made sixteen million dollars opening weekend. So whatever it makes for the next few weeks, and then it uh you know, I think it's probably has a deal with Bloomhouse now for a little while. He's gonna make his money, he's fine. Which is good for him because he sort of self finances a lot of his movies lately, and he does that by like mortgaging his house. So and that's why all his movies are now have budgets between five and twenty million dollars. Uh and I think that might be the perfect M. Night budget. I give him these small budgets and let him do something in that where he really has to f- try to focus on the story and the ideas and get that stuff across. And sometimes it's going to hit and sometimes it's not going to. Uh, old feels like one of those ones where he does. I don't think it really. Right? It didn't really come together. Nah, I mean, the idea was cool. I, went that- I like, I, I like it after seeing the movie as a whole, yeah. I, I like the idea the, the and, concept and, and the, the machinations behind it whatever that, that's yeah. all that's all fine i feel like it would have made the his story of it's the beach this is what happens and at the end this is the big reveal that would have been a good episode of like black mirror yeah yes yeah but, but instead he drug it out to two hours yeah it was, it was almost two hours right it's like an hour and 50 all that interesting as because a whole. he wants to make it obviously you want your movie to feel like it has more of a reason to exist outside of the central premise so now you have to get into the characters they have to have evolutions they have to start somewhere and end somewhere your characters have to dislike each other at the beginning then like each other at the end or vice versa you know something like that we need growth to to care about the things that are happening um but do we sometimes, maybe sometimes we just want a Twilight Zone episode about a beach that makes people old. Yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. fine, too. It doesn't have to be a big grandiose thing. Um, maybe M. Night needs to make an anthology movie. Maybe. Shorten, shorten his movie. Get to, yeah. get to your point quicker. Get there more concise and find a way to hit those points harder. As opposed to dragging it out of the way. Because by the end of that movie, man, we were we were older by the end of that oh, movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really wanted to, really wanted to like it more. I want to like every M. Night movie. And it's the type of thing where it's like, he starts crafting a scene where there's tension, you know, where like... I mean, there were some parts of the movie that were genuinely good. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, this is fun. But I'm, as, I'm a, into this. as a whole, from beginning to end, yeah, no, it just... Ugh. Yeah, and then there's also things that are like, um, campy, unintentional, like true camp. In that he's writing something where I feel like he thinks this is going to be a crazy twist in the story or a crazy revelation but then when it happens i laughed there were things that literally made me laugh and not in a way that it's like oh this is a comedy it's not a comedy i was like this is ridiculous we're watching a movie and this is happening uh like there's a there's one specific that's so terrible like man how can i say this without spoiling things uh there's like a, i mean it's an m night movie all right and it's about a, it's sort of I wouldn't call it a horror movie. Would you call it a horror movie? I thought it would be more of a. I thought it would be more of a horror movie, Drew. Maybe that I would mean, have helped. It, it had horror elements. Elements, even a little bit of body horror. I mean, it, it was almost more of a, like a thriller, yes. but with surprisingly more restrained. Uh, I, don't I was know. expecting literally. I was expecting more gory stuff, which is no. not M Night's thing anyway. No. He doesn't traffic in that. I don't no. know why I was expecting that. Um, but he made you imagine it. Yes, it was all off screen, uh, uh, which well, is also some of it. most of it, and it's all effective anyway. Yeah. Uh, 
But there is one death in the movie. It happens fast, too. And then they provide an explanation for it. And, oh, my God, I wanted to. I had to hold it in. I wanted to cackle laugh. But there are other people in the theater. I don't want to ruin their experience. But I wanted to cackle laugh at the death of a specific character, which also laughing at the death of this type of character. Man, it's, it's, it's so hard to say. I'm, I'm talking about the... I'm just going to write it down so you can see. That that character, mm-hmm. when that character died, I wanted to laugh so hard. <laughs> oh, dude! And the aftermath of that, when everything, all of that, all everything, the carry, leading, uh, everything uh, leading uh, up from to the, it, from the beginning yes. to the end of that, all of it, was all of it was so ridiculous. Funny. Holy shit! And then and then someone explains really quick. This is why this character died. And I was like, this is fucking so funny. This is so funny. This is so not and it's not supposed to be like weird. Yes, like it's not and supposed like, to be funny, why? but it's, it's killing me. Why? Like they made this movie, so M yeah, Night sat like, down. Like he this wrote is, this. Yeah. Other people are like, "Yes, M Night, that's a great idea, Minoj." Okay, now we're gonna act it out, and yes. we're gonna do it, and everyone's still on board. We're all on board. They edited. it. Are we gonna keep this in the movie? Yeah. Yes, we're keeping this in the movie. It's gonna <laughs> play in theaters in front of people, hopefully. Oh my god, I oh, I thought it was. <laughs> that's camp. That's pure camp. That was great stuff. And there's other Bonkers. things like that. I mean, and then I was wondering how they're gonna handle the concept of a movie that makes people age, and that they there with children, so the children age obviously noticeably more faster than everyone yeah. else. But like, how's your mind work and that type of thing? And they try to address it a little bit, a little bit. But the way the characters like grasp to describe it. Man, I was seriously vacillated between this is either brilliant or dumb. Mm. Like this is hard. Mm. Uh, what what they're trying to do and what they are doing. I understand what they're trying to do and then what they are doing. Either they're nailing it or like this needed another pass. And it was hard to determine. Mm. It's like I feel like Quint and Jaws. Like either the sharks really really smart or really really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't tell which one it was. Uh, man, old is weird. Yeah, is a, a weird movie that I think people are actually. Gonna, it's sort of like the happening where people are gonna shorthand it for a while. The beach that makes you old. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> the beach that makes you old. It's a reverse of, um, was it, Blue Lagoon? Was it Blue Lagoon? No, Cocoon. Cocoon. <laughs> well, well, Cocoon's the old people. Well, Wolford yeah. Brimley's young again. Yep. And he's the same age as Paul Rudd is now. <laughs> and it's like, no, they're not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, just, they're both 51 <laughs> in, the, in the relative. Um, isn't that? Anyway. So weird. old. Uh, true. Do you give it an Crespo scale? Do you give it the classic patented thumbs up or not thumbs up? Not thumbs no, up. No thumbs up. Oh, boy. <laughs> not thumbs up. Yeah. We can't do the other scale because it's copy. It's like copywritten. Okay. But we definitely not thumbs up. But remember, there's always a thumbs to the side. No. That one right there. Yeah, no. No? That's a whole. That, that can mean it's anything a, you it, want. It's a not thumbs up. Okay, not thumbs up. We got a not thumbs up for old. Sorry, Minoj. Minoj Knight. Um, okay, well, let's get into some media diet stuff real quick here. Uh, in, in sort of, uh, so we did a bonus episode. One of our bonus episodes at patreon.com slash So coming up here soon is on Wes Anderson. And I wanted to like bone up on some Wes Anderson stuff. And it's funny. I did this and then we really didn't even talk about it on the, on the bonus episode, but I wanted to, not necessarily rewatch Wes Anderson movies, but get into some French new wave stuff. So, uh, I've been using the criterion app a bunch this week. Mm-hmm. I watched, um, uh, uh, French, Francois Truffaut's, um, uh, uh, I wrote that the 400 blows. Okay. And then Jean-Luc Godard's breathless. Okay. These movies came out in 59 and 60. 
and they're considered like it's the birth of French New Wave cinema. These guys, for people who don't know what French New Wave cinema is, is um, they were film critics, French film critics. They wrote for a publication that still exists, I believe, or maybe they just ended. Cahiers, Cahiers du Cinema, a French publication, movie publication, it's been around for literally decades. And they were critics in the 50s who did not like where French cinema was going. Two, stuck in formalism, old school, not evolving, not growing. They are inspired by American cinema. Specific movies for each of them. Goddard loves crime movies and caper movies and sexy 50s Hollywood movies. Um, uh, and Truffaut is into like... Uh, the, the, the beginnings of like more low budget in the on, real on the street. It's, it's actually sort of like a neo Italian realism via Hollywood. Anyway, so they make their own movies. Then the critics, you know, the whole thing where critics don't do, they just critique. Well, these mm -hmm. critics fucking set out and, and they put their own theories to the test and they made movies that then end up being some of the most influential, started the most influential film movement uh, of all time. And, uh, you know, Wes Anderson was hugely influenced by this stuff. And you watch these movies and you see why. It's funny how, because it's lower budget, they have a smaller crew. And they're freer with the camera. So it's more of a free-moving camera. But then also they lock it down. Because they want a long shot. So, like, and it's funny. We've been there. Both these movies are obviously made in Paris. Uh, so it's like, Paris is so old. We were there in 20... 2006? Something like that. Something like that. At uh, Sacre de Cour, right? We're yeah. at the, we're at the, the steps uh -huh. of the church. Yeah. And it's like, minus all the tourists, we were there. Yeah. And it's funny seeing these yeah. kids in, in 400 Blows running down these steps. Yeah. And then the camera just like pans with them as they go down and then watches them go yeah. down these steps. And they I see Montmartre down there. And I'm like, <laughs> man, there was a harpist there playing. Yeah. And we were like watching. Uh -huh. Someone was uh, teaching their kid how to ride a bike here yeah. very awkwardly. <laughs> like, we were there. Some Senegalese dudes tried to get money from us and gave us like wristbands. But then cops showed up and they ran off before we could uh, say we didn't have any money. Yeah. Because I was, I was yeah. dead broke. <laughs> that was the last day of our trip. I was yeah. dead broke. Um, man, mean, we we were in Notre Dame Cathedral on Easter Sunday. On Easter Sunday by accident. <laughs> by accident. We were, why is it so busy? Oh, was it Easter? That's weird. I planned my trip I, on Easter I, Sunday. I guess that's why it was dead in the city last night. Yeah, right? <laughs> Jesus, like, wow, what a, what a bummer. What a blunder in planning there. But we made the best of it. It was awesome. We had a time. Uh, it's cool watching. And then, uh, like, they did a thing where... Both movies have shots. Both movies have shots of the Eiffel Tower from like moving vehicles, mm. you know. But like looking yeah. up at it and uh -huh. stuff, I'm like, I did, I did that I, when I had a camera. Yeah, you can't stop. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. It's awesome. Um, the Champs Elysees and all this stuff. The Champs Elysees. The Champs Elysees. <laughs> they walking up and down the Champs Elysees with all these cars. Um, 400 Blows is cool. For people who don't know what that one is, it's about a a, a kid that's that's Truffaut, and it's about a kid who um, he gets shit on by the teacher at school. His parents suck, so he just, like, abandons both, runs around Paris with his little shit friends. They get drunk and vandalize and shit. Eventually gets, like, sent to juvie and stuff, uh, escapes from there, ends up on a beach. It's a slice-of-life type of movie, but, like, a real revelation to people at the time, you know? And it's good. It's a, it's a really enjoyable movie. And then Breathless... Godard, that one is super cool because it's uh, literally trying to make a cool movie. It's like a jazz soundtrack. All the women are sexy as fuck. And it's about this guy who's a real con man. The movie starts with him stealing a car, a hot wiring and stealing a car in Marseille and then going to Paris. And on the way, he gets pulled over by a cop. So he kills the cop. He shoots him. So now he's on the run as a cop killer in Paris. 
And uh, while the cops are looking for him, he's like trying to hook up with all his like old girlfriends and stealing money from them and shit. Like, no, I don't need your money. Put it away. And then when their bank is starting, that goes into their purse and like takes the money anyway. And then uh, like he goes tries to hook up with his like crony friends and stuff. And uh, at the end, his girlfriend sells him out. But then she's like, oh shit, I feel bad. Get away from here. And he tries to run away, but gets shot in the back. And then he runs down a street for like ten minutes, like shot in the back. And, oh, it's very, it's very funny. Mm. It's a uh, it's a good movie, man. Breathless. It's good stuff. French New Wave Cinema is good stuff, and it's on the Criterion app. I highly recommend that app. Actually, it was like a hundred bucks for a year. Okay. <sighs> Shit, worth it. Um, so worth it. As a matter of fact, they just added. Because uh, the, the cool thing about the app is that uh, they give you collections, like it's curated. So they, there's a whole section now, the world of Wong Kar Wai. Okay. And like, I think it's all of his movies are fucking streaming on there at the moment. Nice. So uh, I rewatched most of In the Mood for Love. And then I'm, I'm going to rewatch 2046, which is like a sort of sequel. Um, and then there's a few of them there that I haven't had the chance to see uh, that I'm going to. I'm going to watch as well. But In the Mood for Love is such a sexy, fucking cool movie. Maggie Chung, Tony Leung is about to be in Shang-Chi. Uh, we saw the Shang-Chi trailer again in front again. of old. I'm like, look at Tony Leung looking like a goddamn <laughs> badass. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be so cool to see him in a movie, in a, in a Marvel, big budget Marvel movie. Um, what other trailers did we see? Oh, the Jackass Forever trailer. What do you think of... Um, it's it's pure nostalgia at this point in time. Right. It's almost a little sad. Almost. But at the same mm. time, they... they I don't know, those crazy assholes look like they're having a lot of fun hurting themselves again. Yeah, I mean, they're getting paid to do it. So. <laughs> um, and then they show it in the trailer, the um, the marching band on the treadmill bit that put Knoxville and Steve-O in the hospital. You even see Steve-O like, on the stretcher and everything. Uh, it, it, I mean, boy, I don't know. I've seen, I mean, I've seen them all in theaters. Yeah. They, they've all been fun theater experiences, seeing it with other people oh. and getting the, you know, hearing the guffaws. And the laughter and stuff like that. That shit's contagious. So I want to... Oh, well, yeah. And especially the, the 3D version that we saw in 3D. The Jackass 3D, which yeah. Which was fucking just like one of the silliest uses of 3D ever. Yeah. When, when they do a poo volcano in 3D, <laughs> it's I can't be... I'm in a movie theater. I pay money for this. This is unbelievable. They got us. They got us good. Uh-huh. They pranked us good. Uh, I enjoy those movies. So, yeah. When, when the trailer played, I was like, all right, here we go. Like, am I going to still feel the same sort of, like, laughter, whatever, that feeling... Yeah, yeah. When they were getting hit with like big old, big old hands and knocking mm-hmm. them back, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is pretty good. I'm, gonna, I'm probably gonna see this in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna see it. I do like the joke where Steve was like, you know, it's good to have. A, if you're gonna get any head injury, it's good to have it before you're 50. So Knoxville's 49. <laughs> so we're we're okay. We should be fine. Um, so I watched French New Wave Cinema and the films of Wan Kar Wai this week. And you know what, Drew? Sometimes when you gotta get up. You also got to get down. And I watched Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. <laughs> Do you know about this movie or have you seen it? I am I know the title. The title, right? No. I've always known the title. But like, all right, what is this fucking movie? It's on HBO Max. Harley Davidson is Mickey Rourke. Okay. Just, and he's Harley Davidson because he rides a Harley and he wears... All his like motorcycle gear has Harley. And the Marlboro Man smokes Marlboro cigarettes. He doesn't smoke them. He smokes them later. But he's like, I quit. But he always has a cigarette in his mouth. And it's Don Johnson. Okay. All right. And uh, he's playing like a cowboy, but from Vegas or something. And uh, there, the the bar that they quote grew up in 
um, is about to like lose their lease or whatever. This old black guy runs it. He's about to lose the lease. He can't afford it anymore. So uh, Harley Davidson's like, well, then you know what we got to do. This whole movie, Mickey Rourke is soft-talking, soft ridiculous. You know what we got to do. We gotta, you know what we gotta do. At the end, of, the thing that they gotta do is rob an armored truck. Mm. But they don't rob any money. They end up stealing drugs. No. Because this movie set in the quote future. It's made in 1990, but it's set in 1996. Okay. And the drug that they steal is something called like Crystal Dream. And there's these like blue cubes that, uh, oh, they say in the movie it's, um, what is it like? Uh, it's 100% addictive. <laughs> 100% addictive. I don't even know what that means. That means you're... you're, you're like, as soon as you take it, it, it. If you try it once, you're, you're addicted. On. Yeah, so it's a 100% addictive and something like one out of every seven people who take it die. <laughs> I wouldn't... Why would you do something like that? I don't know, man. Why is fentanyl a thing? I don't know, <laughs> but it's out there, baby. Blue Crystal or some shit. Um, it's not a good movie. It's really bad. It, and it's like the type of movie that I want to like, this late 80s, early 90s action movie. Like, the stunts are really cool. Uh, Daniel Baldwin is, is like the henchman. Tom Sizemore is like the main bad guy, the ultimate bad guy. And then Daniel Baldwin is the main henchman. And when you see that kind of casting, you're like, okay, what? <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. Daniel Baldwin, we couldn't even get Billy. Nope. Steven wasn't available. No, apparently not. We got Daniel. Yeah. Daniel's the weirdest one because he's just like, what if you, what if you took Alec Baldwin out of the oven too early? You get Daniel. Mm. You remember him in a uh, homicide laugh in the street? I don't think so. Um, Harley Davidson Marlboro Man. I, I don't recommend it unless you're on the unless you're in this, unless you want to see something like really, really weird. <laughs> it's got Vanessa Williams in a in a small role. Big John Studd, the wrestler. Giancarlo Esposito. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's young, young Giancarlo. He's like twenty something. Oof, skinny. Um, I got a bit of music for people to check out, for you to check out, maybe okay. if you want to see this. And actually, man, I wanted to sh- I wanted to show to see. I'll I'll show it to you, uh, but then people won't be able to hear it too well. There's a band, Drusa Cogburn, called Captured by Robots. Okay, it's actually Captured by, by robots. robots because the captured has an exclamation point on it, and uh, it's a three piece band, and uh, only one of the pieces is a human. Okay. Okay. So. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw you post something. I posted about the drummer. I think I saw. Yeah, I think I saw that. Here's a. So here's a clip on on TikTok. on TikTok. Official captured by robots is the name of the handle, uh, and they have one clip from a show. They current. They have an album from 2017 that's out on Spotify, and they do shows in LA. Yeah, and and the robots look like they're from the movie Hardware. Yeah. Yeah. So it's awesome. like so the dude has like chains on his neck and wrist so it's like he's been captured he's enslaved, yeah and he's enslaved and he's robots. forced to be the singer for this robot band and it's a guitarist slash bassist the one robot has both and then the drummer is another robot and it's just That's fucking crazy it's pretty crazy and it's just pretty basic metal <laughs> yeah and like it's fine listenable metal uh but the like the actual mechanics of the um of the guitar that's what most of the videos right now are just showing what the guitars look like. Yeah, the guitar bass, uh, weird hybrid thing. Yeah, so it's like a whole bunch yeah. of fingers all along the, the neck there. And, yeah. and it's just like he programs some music yeah. in here. And it's so fun. Uh, 
I'm into it. I'm into <laughs> a lot. I'm into them a lot. And uh, and then also their profile on their TikTok is your band sucks. We are the greatest. And all their captions are like, uh, the humans are the worst. This is the greatest guitarist ever. Captured by robots. Yeah, your human guitarist sucks balls. I am GTRbot666. You are now obsolete. That's a guitarist bot. Uh. Drummer bot. Your hum, your human drumming is pathetic. You have been replaced. Yeah. And, and seriously, you've been replaced. Next time we play rudiments on your fucking face. That's the other. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, and then uh, not hard. I am the greatest bass player in the world. Not hard at all because you humans suck so much. Ha 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 ha. Mm. I like the uh, the cockiness of the robots. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the, uh, the 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 what do you call it? The um, personality that they're yeah. that he's giving these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you have to be like a musician, but also a fucking engineer. <laughs> To put that kind of thing together. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty jealous. Mm-hmm. Of Captured. By robots. By robots. Uh, so check that out, guys. Look that up online. And gals. And gals. We got 23% <laughs> female listenership. <laughs> but, but it's actually, to be honest, though, that's sort of just uh, for pop culture movie-related podcast. That's par for the course. Okay. We're not doing better or worse than... than I'm, I'm, I'm okay with par for the course. Yeah, par for the course. I guess we'll have to deal with that. I would like to be more, uh, you know, uh, pro-women, et cetera, et cetera, but uh, sorry, ladies. Uh, yeah, so that's it for my media digest. What else you got for me? Uh, I watched some awful action movies. Ooh, yes. Tomb Raider, Cradle of Life. What, uh, which one's that one? That's uh, the, the second, second one. The second Angelina yeah. Jolie? I've got, I don't think the first one's on Amazon Prime for free. Oh, I'm not paying money for that shit. That's the Daniel Craig one, right? I, I think so. Yeah, this, Daniel Craig's on that this one. This is the Jared Butler one. Gerard Butler. Oh, I love Gerard Butler. Uh, Cradle of Life is this one, right? Yeah. I don't know if I've actually seen this one. It's not good. It's okay. No? No. I mean, the first one wasn't that good either. Yeah. But I did see it in theaters. I I, I didn't. Hmm. Interesting. I skipped out. It's a video game movie. Yeah. Not not even a video game that I played. I didn't play it either. So. Tomb Raider was just a game that I knew that had the the pixelated character with the big old cone titties. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the whole thing. Oh, they made a sexy... Indiana Jones knockoff. Yeah, uh, yeah pretty much. And uh, but man, that that franchise has had some life. Like that game that came out a few years ago was really well reviewed. Well, the the trilogy of games that came out a few years. Oh, ago. Oh, so they bring out a trilogy of them. Yeah, yeah and people. And they were good. People really liked them. And then the movie, the first Alicia Vikander movie that came out yeah. recently was. Because right, okay. right, like, you're not like it. Was, no, no. <laughs> but what about the? Have you seen the Alicia Vikander one? Yeah, and I saw that in theaters with you. I, did I see that movie? <laughs> we saw it in theaters. Yeah, it was, it was not that good. I, I think it was. I think I think Our we brain. made fun of it because it was on par with with Assassin's Creed. With Assassin's Creed. And they're, so now and they're together, and we were like, "This is it. The finally video game movies are gonna be good." And they're both bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think my brain has wiped out that that memory chip. Okay. Um, but Tomb Raider: Cradle of Life on Amazon. You said, uh-huh. uh, and but that gets a not thumbs up. Yeah. No. <laughs> Same thing with the International. Oh, you know that one I have. I don't think I've seen. That's a Sean Penn, Naomi Watts one, right? Sort no, of conspiracy not, not, not Sean Penn. Clive Owen. Clive Owen is it? Okay. <laughs> In that world, though, it's that world of like mid-budget uh, these kind of actors, right? That's a Sidney Pollock movie, I think. Direct that. That may be one of his last movies before he passed. Anyway, it wasn't all that good. That's a bummer, right? There was a cool scene where they're shooting around uh, the Guggenheim. So oh, that's that is fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's a fun uh, set to yeah. use. Um, I, I'm always disappointed when there's a movie like that. One that comes to mind for me a lot is State of Play. 
you know, these movies that are like these movies for adults and they're like, they're supposed to be quote smart and talky or dramatic and you really got to pay attention, but it's going to be rewarding. It's like a Syriana type of thing. But, but most of them are, it's when they're like, not good. You know, yeah. what a, that, that should have been for us. Mm. But instead we get Marvel movies. Mm. Why, why are the Marvel movies good? But the, the serious adult movie is bad. I don't know. Right. That's a good question. We, we get, we get way more Thor Ragnarok. than we get like good versions of the international. Yeah. Like the international should be good. Yeah. But it's not, it's no, not good. Right. It isn't. What a bummer. What'd you watch that on? Also Amazon. Yeah. Okay. What else we have? Uh, on Netflix, there's a anime series called Trace. Trace. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like Filipino, I think, Ooh, but it, okay. it's based, it's like, uh, Filipino folklore sorcery, so it's like you know the dark underbelly of the world with demons and shit. Filipino folklore sorcery. Yeah, it's like I think it was like five or six. How are we spelling? How are we spelling Trese? T R E S E. That's what I thought. T R E S E. It was all right. Uh, just all right though. Yeah, just all right. Animated. Yeah. Style wise. No, I mean like Batman the animated series that type. Oh, okay. No. It's just sort of traditional. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then 2D animation? Yeah. Ooh. That's kind of fun. It's harder to find 2D animation. I wonder if it's like done on a computer, but then looking like, uh, you know. I don't know. You know what I mean? No. How they do it now? I wonder how they do it now. It's all right. Just all right? No. Uh, sort of a thing where like if you're looking for something animated to watch, it, it might satisfy you mm-hmm. a little bit there. Yeah. I mean, you watch the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just all right. It's just all right. Okay. All right. It's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And then... Uh... The movies that made us season two came out on Netflix. Oh boy! So did you watch any of those? I watched all of them. Oh my god! Anything worth reporting on? I mean, yeah, they're all good. They, they do uh, Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, Pretty Woman, and Jurassic Park. So it's like the, the making of all right. So early nineties, early nineties, and we're also sticking to early nineties, right? What are the movies again? Back to the Future. Oh, so that's eighty-five. Forrest Gump. Ninety-four. Pretty Woman. Ninety-two. Jurassic Park. Ninety-three. Okay. Back to Future's 80s. Um, how long are these things? 45 minutes. And they get, like, everyone to talk about it, right? Yeah, all, all the principles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, show. for the most part, I mean, like, they, do, they don't get Steven Spielberg or, like, Robert mm. Zemeckis. Mm, interesting. Well, they're busy. But for the most part, they get uh, a lot of the producers. Yeah. And people like that. Bob Gale and stuff like yeah. that. Um, the so. Does it have, like, annoying vo- voiceover guy? The whole yes. time he's like, "Well, this is what happened in the movie." Yes and no. He's uh, and he's a British one this time. Oh, he's a British so one this, this season. So it actually makes it a little more palatable. He's yeah. like, "Well, let me tell you about what happened in the British way." You this world. I'm, I'm fine with that. That's fine. Uh, so they're good. All good. Yeah. Right like yeah. happy with the like. You feel like uh, you're actually learning stuff and not just hearing. Same yeah, yeah. old stories. And like, yeah, I know Eric Stoltz was almost Marty McFly. How many yeah. times we're going to rehash this? Uh-huh. Well, you, you get the you, you get the whole, like, not only was he, he was Marty McFly yeah. for six and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, here's and, the and footage. And then he wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, we, we all know now. We get it. Yeah, so. Eric Stoltz knows that his life was forever altered when he got fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back to the future. Because he was playing it too serious. That sucks, man, to be like, you're fired, and the movie is a huge hit for Michael J. Fox. He's like, he already has a TV show. Now you're going to make him a movie star, too? Yep. Um. So, okay, thumbs up, then? Yeah, that's good. For the, and there are four episodes? Four? Yeah, four? It's four, yeah. So, four thumbs up. Yeah. Right. Four thumbs up. Mm-hmm. You also get to and, do it. And, uh, 
One of those. The uh, the new He-Man cartoon came out, but I haven't watched it. Masters of the Universe, colon, Revelation. Revelation. Um, they purposefully dropped He-Man from the title because they're like, we want to make it more of an ensemble and really focus on the whole the whole group of them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, yeah, I'll probably give it a watch. I'll check it out. Shit, we watched He-Man. I mean, we were just, yeah. we were just that age. I had, I had the toys. I had the was... toys. I had the Castle Grayskull. I had a sword. I had the buttons where it was like, and mm-hmm. it made noises when he shook yeah. it around. I had little... Armlets, bracelet things, the gauntlets, uh, the gauntlets, yeah. the He-Man gauntlets. I mean, I was in, in. Uh, who was it? David S. Goyer at one point was developing a He-Man story. Really? Uh, and he recently revealed what it was about. And it sounds amazing. He almost made this movie and then it fell through where it was the idea that He-Man, the role of He-Man passes on, passes the people with the sword or whatever. So He-Man changes. So the movie starts with some guy getting He-Man, like Adam, I guess, whatever. He becomes He-Man. And Battle Cat is always the same Battle Cat. Okay, so Battle Cat remembers everything. And Battle Cat's like, I don't think this dude's worth (laughs) it. I don't like this guy. So most of the movie is He-Man trying to get Battle Cat's uh, on his side and approval. And then at the end, finally, Battle Cat's like, yes. You are He-Man, and they team up and then fucking dominate together. And that sounds like satisfying. Like a buddy comedy, essentially. An anti-buddy comedy. Like 48 hours, but with uh, a guy with a magical sword and a giant cat. A battle cat with armor. That would have been fun. That could have been good. Instead, we get Kevin Smith. So, maybe it'll be fine. I just can't trust the guy anymore who writes stuff in in jorts. While wearing jorts. In an oversized hockey shirt. Mm. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? When was the last time you saw a guy wearing jorts? It's been a while. That's because you haven't seen Kevin Smith. (laughs) (laughs) That's why. Um, Anything else? No, that's it. Alrighty. Uh, Well, we're going to take a break. We have Billy D's Death of the Movies, installment number 69. Hi-oh. Nice. And uh, we're going to listen to that. And then we'll be right back with the second half of episode 446 of Cinema Crossbody Soap. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. Billy D's Death at the Movies. What's up, my dudes? Sorry I've been away. I uh, got into a car wreck in Maryland last week. Some speeding teenager with a learner's permit, no adult in the vehicle, locked up his brakes in the rain on a hill, and slammed into me head first after crossing the divider. We're all safe, uh, even that kid. Pretty sure his mom beat his ass when he got home. I took pictures of him at the scene though for insurance purposes, so he's not blaming those black guys on me. I give this experience one out of 10, would not recommend. In the meantime, I caught a couple brand new Shudder originals that I'm happy to report back are pretty great. First up is The Call. Starring absolute legends Tobin Bell and Lynn Shea and some teenagers who I'm sure will be something someday, but they aren't Tobin and Lynn. And those kids are Chester Rushing, Aaron Sanders, Mike Manning, and Sloan Siegel. Chester Rushing plays Chris. He just moved to a new area, trying to make some friends, and he's got a crush on this girl, Tanya. Tanya and her friends take Chris out one night and reveal that Tanya has a tragic backstory involving her little sister that disappeared after being at this rich lady's daycare center. She and her friends have been torturing this lady and her husband over the years, breaking their windows, vandalizing their home, and just hazing this couple played by Tobin Bell and Lynn Chick, all in an effort to get them to leave town, even though no foul play was ever proven. After years of this, it drives this woman to suicide. She, however, 
puts these four teenagers in her will. And all they have to do is come to her home and make a phone call. And if they can last on the phone call a certain amount of time, they'll be free to leave and get $100,000. It is obviously not that simple. Tobin Bell and Lynn Shea are the real reasons to watch this. The kids are all terrible pieces of shit and it's not their performances. That's how they're written. They're performing really well. But Shay and Belle get to flex some muscles here. It's weird to see Jigsaw as a grieving husband. I know he's been in so much more than just the Saw films, but it's still weird to see him use that voice for something other than mayhem. So check this out if you're looking for something pretty light with a few decent scares, or if you're just a Lin Shay and Tobin Bell fan. Now, something a little heavier and darker. The new Bustillo and Maori joint, Candisha. Bustillo and Maori are the team behind the French extremity masterpiece, Inside, and the super fun slasher Among the Living, as well as the bizarre vampire film, Le Vite. This is their return to French horror after 2017's Leatherface, which was fine. One of these days, I'll organize all of my complex thoughts on the various Texas Chainsaw films. Candisha finds the boys back in France in the projects, following a trio of teenage girls, Bijou, Amélie, and Morjana. They're a black Muslim and French trio of hip hop and graffiti loving friends. I'm trying to figure out if I thought their constant racial bickering in the first act was natural or not, but I guess so. I don't think I'm going to question it. It just felt like a lot. Amelie is assaulted by an ex-boyfriend one night while walking home alone, and she invokes Kandisha when she gets home. The interesting thing is that she doesn't really know what she's done, because she's only heard about Kandisha from her friend, who didn't really understand it either. She thinks that this spirit, maybe this spirit, will like scare her ex and beat him up or something, but what she's done is unleashed a demonic force that will target all of the men in her life in horrific ways. This movie's a lot of fun and presents some new ideas not typically found in an American horror film wrapped in a story some of us who like horror films are bound to have seen before. It reminded me a lot of like Drag Me to Hell, Candyman. I really enjoyed this. I found that Bastillo and Maori have matured in a way over the years. Inside is such a vicious and primal scream of a film that almost anything they made after that would fail to compare. And certainly I felt that that was the case in the past. But over the years, I've really appreciated their other films. And this one I liked right away, much like Among the Living. These guys are also not shy about showing violence. They were pioneers in the French new extreme scene. So remember that this one will get pretty violent. Strong recommend for Candisha from me. This scratched some pretty solid itches. And go ahead and check out their other. You'll certainly find something interesting among their filmography. And both of these movies are now currently streaming on Shudder. Stay cool, Billy D. Welcome back to episode of Shinoa Crespedisha. Welcome back to this episode. Trisha Cogman, welcome back to this episode of Shinoa Crespedisha. I'm the ghost of Sean Connery. <laughs> Yes, I just remembered he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yep, a lot, a lot of people are dead, Chris. He had dementia, apparently. You know. At the end? Yeah, at the end. I'm just, That's when, sad. When you get that old because you're that rich. 90, and, 92. And, and you get to live that long. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. The Sometimes bo- you the just succumb to those things. The body is just not made to go that far. Apparently. Except, except for like, 
you know, Keith Richards, who's apparently just, you know... He just sw- quit smoking! <laughs> why? My mom was like, why? Because we were talking about the Rolling Stones. I mentioned it. He quit smoking. Why? He's, At he's, this point in time... He's like, a thousand years old. Yeah. You're fine. That's the thing that's going to kill you. Your body's like, where's the nicotine? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Keith Richards. Uh, they're going on tour. They're, they, they announced a 2022 tour. You want to go? Good for them. No. Have you ever seen them? No. This could be the last chance. <laughs> Literally could be it. This could be it. I don't know about that. Honestly, we do brown sugar. I know the song is problematic. So, I don't care. It's a good I mean, song. Like I don't mind the musician. <laughs> the, the the musicians standing there playing their instruments old. Like that's okay. Yeah. It's Mick Jagger. It, it's Mick Jagger prancing around that stage. Uh, fucking chicken. Chicken walking around. I'm afraid he's gonna break his goddamn hip every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like someone tell this old man to relax. What's his problem? <laughs> oh, excuse me, guys. Mm. We're on our third or fourth dab of the day. We did, we're doing double recordings. Things are weird. I'm feeling weird. Are you fine? How are you feeling? Uh, I for all intent. I mean, I'm I, here. Did you also eat an edible? <laughs> I did. Of course, I did. So you're, you're just hovering. Yeah. Drewster's in a hover state. Uh, I'm I'm in drift mode, and we are doing a second half of the show. This is 4:46. How are you guys doing? Let's get real for a second. Guys, how you doing? Do you need help? Uh, there's BetterHelp is a is a therapy app that is uh, <laughs> sponsoring this episode. No, it's not. I wish it was. We're nowhere near as popular enough to have real sponsors. BetterHelp has been a huge sponsor for the last year and a half during the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure they got a lot of business. I'm sure they have been helping uh, people connect to therapists around the country. Yeah, yeah. Guys, do you need help? Email us, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com, and we'll give you advice. Or you can comment in our Facebook group, and we'll give you advice there. We'll help you. Uh, sort out your woes and uh, if you need a, a shoulder to cry on Trusa Cogburton's always here with a, I'm nowhere with a, near he's always right here with a, <laughs> a, a bony cold shoulder that is actively trying to push you off I, as he as he looks I, to see comfort I am not I am not around for that shit <laughs> <laughs> literally literally not around for your shits but guys it's fine because uh, we do have an email and we do have a Facebook group and we also have Twitter and TikTok but the first thing I want to talk about is patreon.com slash So sign up today anywhere for $1 to $5 a month. Gets you everything you need in your life, which is basically just a bonus episode of Cinema Crespedeso that comes out every Friday. Uh, we talk about uh, a lot of deep dives on movies, movies of our childhood, movies we've, we enjoy from the 80s and 90s, sometimes ones from the 70s and earlier. The oldest movie we've done has been King Kong. Yeah. 1933. I wonder if we'll do anything older than I'm, 1933. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the old timey movies. Neither for am I. Reason. Neither am like, I. It but doesn't. I'm. I was sorry. I was born in a generation I mean, after. <laughs> you know, where television same. was better than all that shit. Dude, I'm, I'm only <laughs> one year older than you. Same, <laughs> but, the, but for some reason, and I was trying to pinpoint it as we did our episode. When I was in high school in the 90s, I watched the OG King Kong, and I was like fascinated by it, and rewatched it a bunch. I really liked it, and then. Uh, Scott the Spot on Twitter, who uh, also hadn't never watched it, um, like you, he watched it uh, for the Patreon uh, himself, and he tweeted about it because he put it as part of his hundo, and he liked it. He's like, wow, this thing's actually very, uh, it works. It still works for what it is, so it's interesting to see. And then you know who's good at um, looking at some older movies? They just did The, the, the Invisible Man. Um, I've talked about them before. The Corridor Crew vfx artist react series that's mm-hmm. on youtube new episode every saturday the one they just put out uh they looked at some of the invisible man effects from the invisible man which is 19 fucking 30s or 40s it's an old ass movie man 
And it's like some pretty solid, for the time period especially, really solid green screen like uh, uh, effects of making it look like it's a, a, a person's invisible but wearing clothes and stuff and taking off a bandage. And you can see through them uh, to the people that are like reacting and shit. And they broke down how that's done with like plates and all the all the work that takes at that time. And they're like, man, all the work that it takes to do that now with the computers, you just like click layers, click on this, <laughs> and it's done. It's so easy now to do what took them literally days to yeah, like I'm to sure. do at that time. And then now, obviously, it can do it better. Uh, but it doesn't take away from the artistry of, of the original thing, you know? Um, where's that? Where's that? Where's that? Going? Man, you know, so this they, they, they had the sale. <laughs> you know what I'm talking they about. They had the sale, man. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's a new day and age uh, on, that, on that front. Guys, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's fine. Because we're just going to move on now to uh, what I'm going to talk about. The Facebook group where you should get off Facebook. And I think more and more people are getting off Facebook. <laughs> and, and our Facebook group is getting less and less active. And it's not distressing me at all. Because I'm thinking that means people are just doing less Facebooking. And I think that's good. Yeah. I agree. And I think that's good. And if, like, the Facebook group died, and it's because not people are disinterested in the group, but because people are just disinterested in Facebook itself, I think that's a great thing. Delete your account, guys. If you can do it, delete your account. I'm not deleting mine because, you know, all the social media stuff tied into podcasting is real, it's a real pain in the ass. <laughs> so uh, we have a Facebook group. It's very chill. We very, we're very nice to each other, I think. I think we're all very nice to each other. No one, no one attacks no one for nothing. For the most part. And uh, people do their hundos. It's very cool. Uh, one person. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry your name just gave me at the moment. But I see it all the time. Uh, I, I think I mentioned to you, Drew. Someone does her hundo. She writes it down in a book. Okay. With like different colored pens. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. And then she takes a picture of that and then posts it to the Facebook group. She has a literal. like It's, a, a, it's has, like analog and digital. Yes. She has a bespoke hundo list and and i've made it official like this is my favorite people do different things for a hundo list in different ways and it's all very cool but it's the only one i know of that is like analog yeah. and it's fucking my favorite one it's cool. aesthetically it's my favorite one it's awesome so um i don't even know if she listens to the show i just know that she's in the group most of the people we have a, we have all these people in the group i don't know if any of them listen to the goddamn show and they comment on stuff i'm like do you listen to the show People posting things like, "Oh, look at this!" I'm like, "We talked about this weeks ago." Do you listen to the show? I don't think the I don't think they listen. So why do I have the group? I don't know. If they're not listening, why do I have the group? Guys, if you're in the group and you want me to keep it, let me know why. Let us know why. CinemaCrespedisoatgmail.com, and we'll weigh we'll weigh our options whether or not to axe the whole thing because I know some people enjoy it, but I don't know if they listen to it. And if it's not getting us more listeners, then why am I wasting my time? I don't know. Why are you? See, you're not the one to ask about this because you, you've gone off already. You've taken my advice a long time ago. You well, were, I mean, you were, you were already taking my advice before yeah. I was even doing it. I mean, technically, I'm still on there per se. You're but... a lurker. I see. I see your name pop up on the like. Oh, this guy viewed the story. It's like, yeah, you saw the video. Yeah. I know you're. I know you're watching. That's fine. But you're. That's fine. Uh, where am I going with any of that? I don't know. Actually. Am I just killing time right now? I don't think I, I think am. So. I actually have a bunch of stories. I shouldn't be killing time. We should be actually being very active with this. All right. Do you, I, so you want me to read these comments? I guess. I guess it's time <clears throat> where I let people know that every week I put on the comment slash question thread in the Facebook group. And if they want to use it, they can post a comment or a question or a recipe or, a, or they can ask Dr. Drew for some advice. There's a reason why the picture has a picture of Drew. <laughs> Seeing the psychiatrist is in. Guys, if you want like questions about life, Drew is here for you. He's a doctor. Quote. Of sorts. Of sorts. 
Uh, yeah, so good, Drew. Let's see here what we got. Uh, Carmella gets out of Hey, it's Carmella. I love this guy. What's up? John Carpenter recently indicated he would like to see a couple of escape New York sequels. Yes. Naturally, one would be Cleveland. Where would you set the other? Or would you go back to New York, Chicago? Or maybe in a foreign city like Tokyo, Berlin, or Amsterdam? Would you, would you cast as the... Who would you cast as the lead? Let's say Wyatt Russell is off the books. Okay. Who should write and direct, assuming John Carpenter is only involved as an advisor? Interesting. I guess, I mean, my brain quickly goes to David Gordon Green because he did Halloween. Okay. And they're already working with John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And his his film career is already so varied. Like, he could probably bang out a, an escape from an escape from clone of some sort that's like... We've already seen them. Passable. Escape from Glasgow. <laughs> right? We've seen that. That's, uh, what's that? Doomsday. We've yep. seen that. And, uh, and then Escape, escape from, from the Moon. Escape from Prison Planet Moon. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Escape, escape from Prison Planet, really. Yeah. Uh, Guy Ritchie. That one was so close that they got actively sued. Luke Besson got sued <laughs> by John Carpenter and lost. Uh, so we, we've seen some weird, like, Escape from sequels. That's yeah. so, remakes. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so I've already seen them. Boy, and oh work. boy. And th- those work a lot better than the, the actual sequel. Which, isn't that weird? True, Chicago, you're so right. Uh, if I was going to rank Escape from L.A., Doomsday, and what was that, Lockout, I think it's called? Yeah. What a terrible title. Uh-huh. Uh, Escape from L.A. would be last. Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. Um, boy, oh boy. Well, you know what? Um, yeah, you like you, you bring it up a bunch. Escape from Cleveland. The idea that, like, you it's, escaped it's already, from... It's already happened. Yeah, I yeah. just want to see it's it. It's already happened. Uh, he's like, you escaped from Cleveland. You hear that? Is, that's the, yeah. the best part of Escape from L.A. is Cuervo Jones saying you escaped yeah. from Cleveland. What's next? What, what the fuck happened? What the Cleveland? fuck happened in Cleveland? <laughs> Cleveland? That's not sexy. What happened in Cleveland? Like, L.A., I get it. New York, I yeah. get it. Cleveland? Yeah. That must be fucked up there if you got out of there. Um. So, you, yeah, you mentioned that. That is a good sequel idea. Um. One that I know that was an idea for a while in the early 2000s that obviously never happened, John Carpenter said in at least one interview, Escape from Earth. Well, I mean, Lockout? The whole, well, no, Lockout's the reverse. Oh, lockout yeah. is yeah. you're on a prison uh-huh. planet. You got to escape from the prison planet. That's almost like the sequel to Escape from Earth. Like, I got to get yeah. back to Earth. And it's like lost. We got to get back to the island. Um, escape from Earth would be like, well, now the whole planet is fucked up, and Snake Plissons like, I gotta get out of here, and it's Escape from Earth. So, so, so who's gonna play Snake? Oh this? boy, with Riot, Wyatt Russell off the table, yeah. um, which is fine. He's already said publicly that he doesn't want he would he, he doesn't want to play Snake Plissons. So we're just looking for like I don't know. I mean, looking for a Snake, uh, fucking Snake Plissons. Who we're looking for? Ryan Gosling has a similar trajectory in that he was a child actor. Who then had to like convince people that he could be tough in movies? Yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell was like a Disney actor who, uh, with Snake Plissken, and um, I think specifically th- that movie, like convinced people, no, I could also do more than just be like the the smiley happy guy. Um, it's almost like a sort of drive type thing. I could see Ryan Gosling doing a sort of, but then people would be like hating on. You're gonna give him an eye patch. You're really gonna give. Ryan Gosling and eye patch. So do we do something different hair? instead of an eye patch? Can, can our snake Piskin be? Uh, we got to update it. Maybe he has a hearing aid. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do something. Do something a little different. Um, or maybe he's uh, in a wheelchair. But he's still yeah. That's, still that's, that's how that's how badass Snake Plissken is. He's paraplegic, but he's still like don't don't fuck with don't. this guy. And then when he shows up, and people are like, I thought you were taller. Like, oh, I know. I see. <laughs> yeah, come on. 
Um, and then once you're in space, it's like, who cares what your legs can do? You're in space. You're floating around. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why he needs to escape from Earth. <laughs> okay, so we got paraplegic snake puskins escaping. Who's going to play paraplegic snake? Um, I mean, it'd be any... Winston Duke would be interesting. I mean, he's a big guy, though. Maybe the... I think part of the appeal of Snake maybe because Kurt Russell's a smaller guy. Yeah. So it's sort of like a John McClane thing where mm-hmm. it's like... It's, it's a, kind a, of like an everyman. An everyman deal. against all odds type of thing. Yeah. So maybe a... Uh, yeah, any sort how, of... How about John Kaczynski? No, because he's a, a little bigger guy. But he's got a beard. <laughs> he's, got, he's got to be beardless. I prefer him with a beard. He'd have to be beardless, though. Because uh, that makes him too, like, I'm a tough guy. But he's got to be like, I don't know. Oh, man, that's tough. And then who would, like, make it? David Gordon Green seems too obvious. Oh, I don't know why this just came to mind. But why would she do it? I think she'd do a good job. Karen Kusama, uh, who did um, Destroyer. Okay. The Nicole Kidman. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, that's good. Cop movie. Uh, and then the invitation that movie with uh, yeah. not Tom Hardy. Those are, those are both... Oh, how about not Tom Hardy? Oh, not Tom Hardy could do it. Yeah, yeah. what's his name? <laughs> Logan, Michael, Mitchell, something or whatever. Or even Tom Hardy. I mean, Tom Hardy. Like, <laughs> you got the money for Tom Hardy? Come on. And then he's gonna want to rewrite the script and all this shit. Come on, this is not Tom Hardy. He'll just be happy to be there. Yeah. Um, ooh, not Tom Judge, Hardy would be good. Judge Dredd. Um, Urban. Oh. Urban? Yeah, no, Ur- Urban would be great. Urban. I'm, I'm on board yeah. for Urban being any sort of tough guy. Mm-hmm. Any sort of tough guy. No, he, he'd look at it with an eye patch, too. He's, yeah, he's like, in America. <laughs> it's like, okay, Kiwi boy, come on. Um, how about Taika Waititi, speaking of Kiwis? Uh, I mean, he could be director. No, let him be Snake, oh, but then have him play it straight. All right. <laughs> Kamel Nanjani, he's ripped. Yeah, but too ripped. He's, too ripped he, to play he, he, He's Marvel ripped. Yeah, he'd have to scale it back. He can't be that ripped. Um, yeah, because then it'd be just. Then why not just get like Dave Bautista to be Snake? Yeah. And, and then he's just like bowling people over. Yeah, no, he needs to be like vulnerable, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Dev Patel looks good with long hair. Hey, Dev Patel, Snakeless. <laughs> yeah, we got it. There we go. We did it. We did. I, I was just trying to find. And a he non, may or a may not. Ha- he may or may not have an eye patch in the fucking uh, Green Knight. So we, we might get to see. We're gonna find soon enough. God, <laughs> dude, this time next week we're gonna be talking about Gawain's world, and it's gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. It's gonna be party time next week. I can't wait. Talk about the Green Knight. Um. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's interesting. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the future of Snake Plissken. I'm looking at him right there. He's right there at the wall being like, call me Snake. And, like, <laughs> and then you're like, all right, Snake. And then he's like, call me Plissken. Like, God damn it, Snake, you're gaslighting me. All right, what's next? Ron gets at us. What's up, Ron? Uh, so I'll sneak us on a first date, and we collectively say Baroness High Heel Best Actors on Screen. <laughs> Baroness, Baroness and High Heels? Apparently. Right. Uh, movie was super great, especially if you know the old school mythology. What genre is the best date night genre? What? Oh, interesting. So it sounds I mean, like you like Snake Eyes. Apparently, yeah, I think so. Okay, that's cool. I think you like Snake Eyes. That's cool. Snake Eyes made less than um, old this weekend. It made like oh, really? only 13, 14 million this okay. weekend uh, on a budget of 88 million. <sighs> so sorry, Henry Golding. <sighs> sorry, Hank. There goes your, your James Bond uh, possibilities there, bro. Um, Rough. There, there goes any more G.I. Joe movies for a minute. 
at least. So, uh, best genre for a date night movie. I, mean, I, mean, I guess it all depends on what kind of chick you're, or person you're going out with. Yes, yes. It all depends on your both your and their tastes. Do you have any sort of mutual tastes that overlap? Uh, you know, it could you could be going with someone who's like into science fiction, and then right there is like, oh yeah, a lot of things are on the table there, yeah. you know, comic book wise or or, or other. Um, you could be so, with someone who's like, oh, I like comedies. Comedies are, yeah. I think comedies are probably your safest bet. I mean, just don't do anything too serious. Be careful with the that dramas. Can, that, that can blow up in your face. You end up Seinfeld real yeah, quick. You end up Seinfeld style making out during Schindler's List, right? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. or not making out at all during Monster. <laughs> <laughs> did you take someone to see Monster? I did. Oh, it Drew. was a bad idea. Oh, I had Drew. her pick the movie. Oh, she. Oh, yeah. you should. She's like Charlize Theron's the movie. I was like, whatever, fine. I- Serial killer movie. Uh, the Eileen Warnos biography. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, uh, not a good date movie. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Um. Com- yeah. Be careful with the dramas for <laughs> sure, guys. Like, don't. Go- I mean, unless you're already a co- in like a committed relationship and you both want to go see Seven, then by all means. Yeah. If you're if you're in a relationship, it doesn't matter. All movies are on on the table because then you just drive home. And you're like, whoa, that was <laughs> that was something. Yeah. Yeah. That was that's pretty bad. Um. But if it's for like a first few dates, first off, actually, I guess I, I think I've said this before. Uh, I think a movie is actually a bad date. Well, I mean, not enough time to talk. No time to talk. Uh, so you're gonna be like trying to lean in and like make jokes and talk to them. Like, trying to watch this movie. Watch this movie. <laughs> We're watching a movie here. And I gotta listen to you make jokes about this dude or this person on the screen. Um, yeah, for real. So it's like. Uh, uh, go mini golfing or something, or bowling, or or do an activity. Go walking. Go go get some dinner, and then go for a walk. You save money, and then you can actually like talk to the person and see if you want to get to know them enough, at all, at all <laughs> enough to like want to spend more time with them. You know, are you enjoying this? If you're in a movie together, you're just sitting there for like two hours looking at a screen. You're not gonna know nothing about that person. Bad date scenario. Uh, Go 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 see go see live music, because you can interact more. And the band's just playing. Who gives a shit about the band? You're you're talking. You're you know you're trying to get laid or something. Movies not no, guys guys not. The movie the movies are for people in committed relationships or singles. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's how no that dates. Works. No dates. No more dates. Also, catch up on eggs? Question mark. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm, I didn't get I, I didn't get into it, into it until I was older, but yeah, I'm yeah, okay I didn't, with it. I didn't even know what that was a thing until I was older. I didn't grow up in a household that was liberal with the ketchup. The ketchup was like for fries, burgers, burgers yeah, hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, very simple. Otherwise, no uh, ketchup doesn't go on stuff. Um, I'm I'm fine with it. I'd rather if you're gonna give me something a red thing to put on some eggs, eggies, give me hot sauce. There you go. I'd rather do hot sauce over ketchup. And oh. Uh, what is THD? Oh, no, never mind. What? Also, what's the appropriate m- amount of time to get a new pet after one dies of old age? Oh, interesting. Is it less if it's a different species? I mean, I, I personally, I think that's up to the person. Yeah. Like, if you're, if, if you're used to having an animal in the house and you're finding yourself, you know, wanting an, another animal in the house a yeah. mere hours or days after one dies, then by all means, go get yourself... Yeah, we'll if get you, yourself some animal love. If you need to fill that 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 void there with some more uh, squeaky, or whatever. 
Uh, I feel like you're uh, someone who's going to have to deal with this pretty soon, Yeah, sir. no, my cat is definitely going to die eventually. I mean, how, and, old, and how old is this feline now? Fucking 18, maybe 19? That is old for a cat. She's not fat anymore. Because she's old. Well, old that happens to old people. <laughs> yeah. Old people lose all that. Uh-huh. They, get, they get skinnier and smaller. Yeah, yeah. She was fat for so long. Uh-huh. She's not fat anymore? No. Oh, poor cat. <laughs> poor cat. Uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> Great question. Yeah, because that cat, I mean, you never even saw how to get that cat. That cat was like, here, can you watch this thing for a minute? Yeah, and then it was like, by the way, can you watch this thing forever? Yeah. Like, God yeah. damn it, like, yes. 18 years later. <laughs> like, I still had this cat. This yeah. person never came and got this cat back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this person never, you should, hit, you should hit her up. Hey, you want this cat back? <laughs> no, I mean, of course not. <laughs> Um, it was one of those so, like if you if you, if you don't take the cats then you got to take them to the fucking uh, to the pound you gotta, and yeah. I'm like I can't fucking do that you got to take them to the fire department to I, I can't do that shit because because if you right that's what you do if you have kittens or puppies and you you don't you can't take care of them you take them to the fire department and they run them over with their fire <laughs> they put them right. in a sack and run uh-huh. them over yeah right correct yes and then they take them to the bridge they throw them into the creek uh huh yeah. yeah that's what I thought they did. <laughs> I don't actually. I've never seen that happen. They, they do that with babies too, right? Yeah, they have the baby drop-off box. Yeah, where, where it's basically just like a tiny oven. Yeah, it's a. They take care of it. It just center. incinerated Whoosh. immediately. You close the door, it incinerates. Yeah, no, no one's the wiser. I mean, this is great. <laughs> why aren't these more ubiquitous around town? Come on, uh, we got enough. We got enough of these. Uh, what are these things called? Babies. We got enough of these things. Um. Oh, is this a... Nope, no rank is out here. Anything, uh, is that it for the, the, the comment? Yep. All right, well, then let's hop out some emails. We got an email from Gabe. What's up, Gabe? What up, show? What up, show? Hope this makes it in time. What's your favorite Olympic sport? When I think Olympics, I think Miracle on Ice and Cool Runnings. If you had a choice of sport to be good at, what would it be? Favorite Olympic sport, I maybe. Oh, boy. I always enjoyed watching the gymnastics. Gymnastics I, I always, always good. thought that was always quite impressive. We're going to get that Simone Biles shit here pretty soon. Where she? Uh, have you seen some of that, what she's been doing? No, lately? I got no fucking idea. She's like a goddamn she's a fucking superhero with yeah. all these, uh, the flips and the flopping and the spinning and the, it's and crazy. The it's like she launches herself in the air and then like halfway through the air, she like goes higher. It doesn't make any sense. No. It doesn't make sense. It's just flipping, flipping, flipping. Um, yeah, the gymnastics is a lot of fun. Um, I watched a little bit yesterday. There was a little bit of fencing. Okay. They got, like, yeah. now their masks light up so that when they hit each other, like, they flash so you know who got the hit first. Uh, the technology on the fencing is now really over the top. It's, I'm sure. It's yeah. pretty crazy. And uh, You got to know. You do. Yeah, it's crazy. And then you saw a little bit of the, um, the equestrian, the horses that mm-hmm. are, like, doing the... No, uh, yeah. with mm-hmm. the, the, the tiny steps, <laughs> the horsey tiny steps. Oh. It's like, how do they do these tiny steps? <laughs> they got they got skateboarding for the first time. Skateboarding is there for the first time as well as surfboarding, uh, is for, there for the first time as well, which is interesting. So, yeah, that'll be very interesting. Uh, so let's see who comes out on top there. Um, the guy who did the Wu Tang is for the children was a well, that was long that was a ski jumper, a long jumper, or was he a slalom guy? It was a skier. That was a winter yeah. guy. It was like, ooh, tag is for the children, bro. Yeah. I, mean, I got a gold medal, right, man? The, the track and field stuff, you know, is always amazing because that, that's just feats of pure fucking strength. Yeah, I just, saw some Nor- <laughs> I just saw some Norwegian dude set the world record for, like, 400-meter hurdle. Like, he was flying, oh. and his hair was, like, quaffed, <laughs> just in the air, perfectly quaffed. And he made it look like he was, like, not even working hard. And he blew everyone away. This yeah. dude was crazy, this Norwegian guy. Um, that was like that was just yesterday. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Olympics are cool. They're fun. They're on the other side of the world, so the timing's weird. Like, you got to watch it during the day or else you're going to miss it. Yeah. At night, I'm sitting down. I'm like, oh, it's all just like recaps and like... Well, that's all I... I'm just going to watch the recaps anyway. Might as well. I don't care all the other... That's true. First, it's the person waiting, and then it's somebody talking about something, yeah. and then it's the person waiting, and then somebody <laughs> talking about something, and, then finally and let's get a gold medal something. recap, yeah. and here's a word from our sponsors, and now this person just did their thing for 30 seconds. All right, back to Chile. Yeah, it's true. It is a lot of waiting for a little bit. I did watch some in a little bit of real time, the um, some of the snatch and grabs, and the uh, snatch and grab... No, the clean and jerk and the snatches. That was what was clean and jerk. Snatch and grab is when you, you uh, no, I'm thinking smash and grab is when you like bring into a store and like rob their shit. Yeah. Um, some weightlifting, some like deadlift stuff for uh, ladies, ladies deadlifting. Oh, okay. And they were doing, uh, when I started watching, they were just under 200 pounds. Yeah. And then they were topping out at over 200 pounds. And uh, man, like, I don't know how their elbows don't snap and like their wrists don't bend. Like, it's crazy all the shit that the, I don't know how they do it. No. I mean, I, I guess that's the whole point. But, yeah. But still. But they do. But shit. Somehow. Damn. Um, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, what was the other question? If you could be good at a sport, yeah. what sport would you be good at? Mm-hmm. If you could be good at one, golf. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That'd be a pretty good sport to be good at. Low impact, huge well, I mean, prize I'm, winning. I mean, unless you're doing crazy Tiger Woods shit and you fucking cri- nah. cripple yourself. I want to be good enough to just be like, make my six-figure salary. <laughs> and just hang out on the golf course hang for the rest of your life. Golf courses, hang out with all my right-wing friends. We could talk about how Trump isn't that bad. Uh, I make my two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year, whatever. Retire as a golf pro at a country club that like only accepts mostly white people. <laughs> It'll accept black people and Spanish people, but he got like a little more money than the mm-hmm. white people. Right? Like this guy's got a lot of money. We gotta let him in, and uh, and I'll be a golf pro. Uh, in Florida, because we got all the golf courses. Yeah, we. I mean, more square miles of golf course than the entire rest of the country combined. Perfect place for me to fucking be, uh, retire as a golf pro at the age of like forty eight. 49? Come on. Tell stories to, to, to about hitting the rounds with uh, the likes of Phil Mickelson and uh, um, Spieth. I forgot his first name. Yeah. And uh, that other guy. And you, 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 can te- you, and you can teach retirees how to golf. I can teach retirees how to golf. Retirees, Chris. <laughs> Ti- not tirees. I No, I'm going to teach retirees how to <laughs> golf. I'll be Tyrese's personal golf trainer. Uh, I'm gonna like, listen, Tyrese, like, you want to make deals on the golf course? You got to go with me. I'm going to teach you how to do it. Um, see that'll be it that's the thing I won't just teach you how to be a golfer I'll teach you how to golf while negotiating mega million deals on the golf course and to prove that I'm good at it I'll like get the person to sign up my contract and do it while golfing Mm -hmm. I'm like see after three rounds I got you on board I signed you up you can do that to other people Mm -hmm. pure manipulation I'll be like Mm -hmm. the ultimate golf so I want to be a golf manipulator what about you Uh, I mean that sounds pretty good you can't take my answer that's my answer <laughs> you can take tennis tennis is like almost a similar version of I like, see that's just I'm not like super into sports that's why golf is like pretty and I was all and I was already walking and I was already quote unquote good at the ones well I was bad at one sport and somehow just so many gold medals in another uh, for doing a whole lot of nothing. Okay, so what? You want to just uh, crew? You want to do crew? Fuck that, Be dude. a crew Olympian? No. Well, then... Uh, I can be a crew coxswain. I can just sit there and I'll give that fat yeah, ass that's that what just saying. sits there in the boat and goes, Olympi- roll, motherfuckers. Thank yeah. you, gold medal. That guy gets a gold medal, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's how I got all mine. Listen, Christian Slater got a gold medal on that dream team just like Michael Jordan did, all right? <laughs> so you could, you could totally do that. Uh, you could do that role. Sure. I'll be, I'll be a, a, a professional... 
coxswain. All right, all right, here we go. So we got a coxswain and we got a, a, a country club golf instructor. <laughs> you're, I mean, both great in Florida. I'm on the water. You're yeah, on the golf course. We're, we're good. We're, we nailed it. We're perfect. <laughs> we're, we're happy. And lots of upper class white people in both. They got the, that's where the money is at. Yeah. Listen, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get the monies. What do you What do you want me to be like? I want to be the best at ping pong. <laughs> All right. What else we got? That's it. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Here we go. Uh, let's talk about some stories here. Frank Darabont developed the original Walking Dead for a season, actually two seasons for AMC. It was Robert Kirkman, and then uh, was fired. By MC, and then since then has been in a perpetual lawsuit over uh, rights, rights, residuals, monies. Okay, this whole time Frank Darabont's been in all. Uh, really? Yes, he's been suing him and CAA, his agency. They've been suing AMC. AMC, they just announced uh, they or they put out their um, like quarterly statement, fiscal statement, whatever to the shareholders to like have to reveal here's here's where our money is going etc cetera, etc cetera. and one of the line items that they try to keep under wraps but people obviously were like oh look at this this is important they fucking settled with frank darabont and caa for 200 million dollars holy fuck yeah that's a lot of goddamn money so frank darabont just got a huge chunk of change for the series that he helped, he helped create. Yeah, well, I mean, he deserves it. This shit went on forever. It, not only that, but uh, while Walking Dead is ending and Fear the Walking Dead has only probably a few seasons left, they have spinoffs planned. They got a movie planned. There's more Walking Dead-related stuff happening. I mean, who owns those rights? Uh, as of now, AMC. Okay. AMC's making all that stuff. Yeah. So they settled. Essentially, they'd be like, look, we have so much more stuff down the pipeline. We don't want to have to give you a penny for any of this stuff that's coming. So here's the $200 million for everything that we've done for the last decade or so. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Meanwhile, NATO put out a statement against Black Widow. Okay. That's pretty intense, NATO. Okay. That's kind of weird. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But it ain't. It's not, it's not that NATO. <laughs> The, the National Association of Theater Owners. Okay. You think there maybe there should be some sort of lawsuit, like a WWF-style lawsuit for one of them? One of the NATOs has to budge. Maybe? Come on. We're both dealing with business. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, perhaps. So the, the National Association of Theater Owners put out a statement uh, to Dis- about Disney's Black Widow, their simultaneous theater and Disney Plus release. When Black Widow came out opening weekend, it made like $80 million at the box office. And then Disney was like, oh, it also made $60 million in streaming receipts. Well, I mean, they, it is almost double the price that way. Yeah, but. yeah exactly, right? It's like the dollars of donuts type thing. It doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. And then uh, the following weekend, it had like an over 60% drop in box office. So it made a lot less money in theaters. And then the theater association... Theater Owners Association put out a statement, whereas for like F9, they put out a statement like, this is great, we love F9, blah, blah. For A Quiet Place Part 2, like, we're so happy this movie is out, we're happy, this is good for Paramount, people should see this movie, blah, blah. For this one, they put out a statement that was like, Disney fucked up with their streaming service and putting this out there. They left money on the table, money that they'll never get back. They're just dipping too early into one of their coffers uh, and not getting the full... uh, potential of the theatrical release um and then you know to sort of bolster what 
NATO has said Disney while they were like look at how much money we made on the streaming service opening weekend they did not put out any figures at all for weekend two because it had probably had the same exact dip in interest and I think that's because Black Widow while it's, it's, it's a fine movie for a Marvel movie it's good enough it's like not a it ain't no uh, Avengers movie. You know? yeah. It's not going to have people coming out to be like, oh my God, we got to see this. It's mm-hmm. like, it's almost for the diehards only yeah. type of thing, right? So, man, NATO, NATO mad at Disney. They mad, mad. Oh, well. Uh, Sean Penn refuses to return to his show. He's doing a limited series, a TV series called Gaslit. <clears throat> okay. And it's about a, a Watergate, a Watergate thing, because he loves that shit. And uh, he refuses to return to the set until every single member of the cast and crew is vaccinated. Okay. And like now Hollywood already has a whole bunch of things in place for for sets and how to run with COVID-19 protocols, etc. And uh, if a certain amount of people are vaccinated percentage-wise, then you can have like these social measures enacted or relaxed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, and Sean Penn has now come out to be like, this is my show. I'm producing it. I'm the lead of it. Uh, I don't give a shit about this, like, 85%, 90%. I want 100% vaccination or else you don't have a job here. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, we'll see how this has, like, a, maybe a ripple effect. Interesting. With other yeah. other productions, you know. Well, I mean, any workplace. Really, it's yeah. like mm. this whole anti-vax movement is really fucking shit up. It sucks. And if someone on the crew of gas is going to be like, fuck, man, I don't want to get a vaccination. And then they end up using their union rep to like sue. And then this whole thing's going to end up in court and the show will never get finished because it's going to take years. They'll be like, well, what's the rights of a worker versus the rights of the rest? And then the people who run the show, et cetera, et cetera. Can you force a vaccination? The answer is yes, yes, you can. People have been vaccinated for things forever for so long. And, you know, oh, you want to travel somewhere vaccinated? Do you want to go to this place? Do you have these vaccinations? You can't go there. Have you, have you ever heard of polio? No, there's a reason there's, for that. There's a reason why. <laughs> we stopped it in like 93. Like we know the year. Yeah, that we destroyed when, polio when it was with, finally with vaccines. It took 60 years of vaccination. We had to vaccinate four generations worth of people. We did it. No, no. How about how about the lambda variant? Here about the, here about the lambda variant. <laughs> Is it even worse? Oh, boy, there's a reason why it gets its own. I'm totally. I mean, I'm. I, there's a little bit of part of me that's seeing the recent spike and being like, "Here we go. It, it, here we go. This is more what I'm talking about." It, it, is, it, it is like 99 percent of the people hospitalized and, and dying are unvaccinated. Yeah, and of those 99 percent, I'd say like this is 60 percent of them are doing it because they're like. Totally misinformed. This is, like, this is I, I hate I hate Hillary. Chris, <laughs> this is straight up survival of the fittest. It's becoming <laughs> this is evolution in action. It is becoming survival of the fittest and the smartest. For the most part, there's some uh, people. I'm not who, sure about the smartest. I'm sure there's mm, a lot of dummies who are vaccinated. Oh, that's true too. Actually, <laughs> smart enough to get vaccinated. Yeah, right? smart enough to get vaccinated. There are some people who like medically have trouble, or maybe they can't get vaccinated. Or well, I mean, for it. and there's some that, people who have some people are unfortunately yes, yeah. they become a um, uh, casualty mm-hmm. of this whole. But if that's a small enough part of the population that if everyone else who was eligible did get vaccinated, it would be protecting that smaller part that couldn't get it, you know, that couldn't be vaccinated. It would help them. But no, uh, Tucker Carlson... Says that uh, vac- vaccines are give bad. you autism. Yeah, I'll give you autism. Even though he got it, even though he he's surely vaccinated. Well, he wanted that great five G signal. 
Just like me. That's why I got mine. You know, well, my internet has been better lately. <laughs> mine has not. I got gypped. You got gypped? <laughs> you got gypped? Which is in itself is a racial slur. I should stop saying oh, that. Oh, actually, that's right. Sure. You got, <laughs> you got, you got Romanied? You got Roman? <laughs> that's probably still not good if you do it that way. Yeah. Probably right. Um, so that's the, we talk about the biz. That's the biz segment of the news. Let's talk about a little bit of Marvel Madness. Remember that Nintendo game Marvel Madness? Mar- Marble Madness? Oh, that's what it was called. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, I got a couple of quick Marvel things here. Uh, that What If show that's coming out, that was uh, animated, like literally animated by two separate animation studios. And one of them is in Australia. Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, going forward, Marvel announced that they have are developing an in-house animation branch so I mean, why not why why didn't they have it already in place uh, they, right i mean they're they're already employing how many great artists making comic books it's, why aren't they it's wild <laughs> that it already wasn't happening yeah. isn't that crazy um and what if is a product of um outsourced third-party animation which is i guess just industry yeah. standard anyway that's the way it is mm-hmm. uh but I mean, unless they're, you're like disney or pixar or something you're doing it yourself exactly so well they're well marvel's like we're, we're disney yeah, we, should, we should be doing the shit in house. You should. So they're developing. So any people that are listening that are um, animators, I wonder if we'll get anything. Marvel's ba- hiring. I wonder if we'll get any super bad cartoons like we have in the past. What do you mean? Do you remember the X Men the animated series from oh, the nineties? I mean, yeah, shit no. was everywhere, and yeah. it was not good. And yeah. I watched every episode <laughs> and was continually like disappointed no, every week none of it was good the the no none of that none of that show was good the x-men video game was bad all that stuff was bad but it's a new age baby it's it's a 20 it's a 2020s we're in our almost 40s yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh this stuff is actually good now no it's weird it's weird <laughs> uh, blade has taken a step forward just like Hogburn. i okay. thought this was going to be a series but this is saying it's going to be a movie okay mahershal ali yeah. still attached right they got themselves a director and it's basam Tariq. who oh, is oh shit what basam Tariq? who's that like you just a cover for asking um that's the guy who did mogul mowgli okay that we watched at yeah, the Florida film festival yeah. this year yeah uh which is a good movie yeah. and and then it continues marvel's trajectory of like we find people who make small movies and then we give them a hundred million dollars to make something huge well, i mean it, with that small budget and that tiny movie he did that movie was kind of fantastically spiritual oh yeah for what it was that, that's true it was tapping into something there the religious stuff and the weird that guy with Toma the sing <laughs> yeah oh man so now you know Riz Ahmed's popping up in fucking uh, uh, Blade now um, which is fine but yeah yeah, so Mogul Mowgli, Mowgli. Yeah, check that show out. He, 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 that movie out. He failed in one of the Marvel universes. He can go to another one. In Venom, yeah, that's fine. He can, yeah, he can leave that one. We're good to go there. We can forget about Venom, and he can actually do a good thing, which will be Blade. Hopefully, we'll see. But that's a, that's that's a, some inspiring directing choice, yeah. you know. So we got like Chloe Chow did uh, Nomadland, so then we will give her Eternals, and then um, what was this? Kate Shortland. I think I talk about this. Scarlett Johansson had to convince Kate Shortland to do Blake, Black Widow because she just like does little family dramas. It's like, come on, do this big action movie. She's like, why would I want to? Why would I want to? But then she convinced her to do it. Um, okay, that was the Marvel section. Now it's time to talk about the next section, which is Detective Comics Comics. Right? That's DC? Detective Comics? Mm-hmm. And if you say DC Comics, is Detective? I guess comics. so. Yeah. Um, we got a Batgirl. 
Okay. All right, Batgirl uh, is going to be an HBO Max movie. Okay. And uh, it's going to be this lady, Leslie Grace, who was just in In the Heights. She's mm. a 26-year-old actress. Okay. Uh, and she will be Barbara Gordon in the Batgirl film coming gotcha. to HBO Max. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? I mean, why not? Uh, oh, speaking of The Green Knight. All right, that's it for DC Comics Comics. That was a quick, that was a pretty quick section. Uh, now we're going to talk about the movies. Actually, this is actually a uh, streaming heavy episode because I only have one story here pulled for the movies, but it's about how The Green Knight, which we're about to see, mm-hmm. uh, David Lowry, when it, it was supposed to come out right before the pandemic, pandemic happened, so they were sitting on it, and he had a chance to completely re-edit the movie. He wasn't, happy with the movie when it was time for it to come out but the pandemic gave him an excuse to go into it and re-edit and play with it and he did it and now he's happy with the version that we're about to see okay cool so, so maybe there's a, a silver lining to the pandemic finally finally <laughs> something good coming from the pandemic and it's not just the culling of the herd but it's a, a better cut version of the green light yeah. I'm okay with that which I mean Drew I mean, how long have you been have a long time I one year hence we've been waiting a long yeah. time <laughs> one year hence is fucking right, <laughs> right? and uh, this shit comes out in less than a week I'm looking forward to it it's gonna be sweet it's gonna be sweet alright let's talk about all the streaming stuff I got a lot of streaming stories here uh, continuing uh, earlier we were talking about HBO Max they confirmed that Dune is getting the HBO Max theater at home uh, simultaneous release. I mean, I'm seeing it in theaters, but then I will probably watch it the next day at home. <laughs> I might too, right? Man. If it's, I mean, if it's as good as I'm hoping it's going to be, then yeah, I'm probably going to watch it again I, and again and again. I, I, I desperately, desperately want Dune to be like my new Star Wars. The I mean, next Star Wars. Star or, Wars for adults. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah 100%. You know, uh, Yodorowsky calls when he's someone showed him the trailer the first trailer and he's like i mean it's still um what do you call it industrial cinema it looks beautiful but still industrial cinema it's like yes it is but i want it to be my industrial cinema (laughs) i want it i want it so bad um man i hope it's good me too they have you seen the posters i haven't i'm trying to keep it i'm i'm I'm, I'm saying it's just the posters they're just i'm scrolling past everything everything i can i I want i really want to know as little as i possibly can about this movie i mean eventually we're gonna see the the trailer in front of him but i mean i'm fine with seeing the trailer on a big screen yeah well no exactly yeah i'm not trying to watch it uh uh, on my phone no right um so yeah dune dunes come out in theaters as well as hbo max the end of october um this is crazy. We have a weird connection to the show American Pickers. Yeah, we do. Right? Where mm-hmm. you know someone who edited the show. Uh-huh. And they confirmed that uh, the guy Frank. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was mm-hmm. kind def- of a dick. Kind of a dick mm-hmm. to people just naturally. Yeah, and they had to edit around it. They had to edit around his propensity for yeah. being unlikable, uh-huh. which is very funny. Yes. And then the reason he was even on that show is because the guy... Uh, Mike is the guy's name who does the... It is his show, and it's his store that shows basically an advertisement for him. Um, they're like high school friends. He's mm-hmm. just an old friend yeah. that, that's helping him out. Um, apparently, Drew Cogburn, they haven't spoken in two years. And, okay. and with new seasons now of American Pickers being made, Frank is out. Ha! Isn't that crazy? That's funny. Um, his name is Frank Fritz, full name, uh, and he just put out this. This is according to the Sun. Um, he did. 
he's done more than 300 episodes I'm sure. of the show. Mike Wolf is the guy's name. But he hasn't appeared since March 2020, pandemic. Um, quote, I haven't talked to Mike in two years. He he knew my back was messed up because he had back surgery. He knew my back was messed up, but he didn't call me and ask how I was doing. That's just how it is. The show is tilted towards Mike 1,000%. That's fine. It's like you got Aerosmith and there's Steven Tyler and he's the front man. I found my spot. I'm second. He's number one. That's no problem with me. Maybe he has a problem. So there we go. Some American Pickers turmoil. Mm-hmm. Turmoil. Weird. I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so. I never really got into it. I mean, I've, I've watched it, but it, I, it never... It's just easy. It's like when I would watch The Flash. No. Put it on. Look up. Oh, look at it. They found an old gas pump. Man, back to whatever else I was doing. Yeah, back to back to Twitter. Back to TikTok. Um, we talked about this last week. The show Manifest. It's an NBC show that got canceled, but then the, like, the week after it got canceled, it was the highest rated or most watched show on the internet mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, but then Netflix was like, "Yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna pick this up." Well, now maybe they will. Uh, it was canceled at the end of May after three seasons. Netflix has aired the first two seasons on the show. They passed on the chance to bring it back, but then because of like, you know, online support and how popular it is, and also Netflix, they're seeing the metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, they're uh, engaging in talks with Warner Brothers to. Right. To pick up the rights, though. There we go. To keep doing this show, Manifest, which people were really, really into. And um, I know very little about it. It's like about a... I mean, you know what? Actually, I look when this article it has a, a blip about what the show is about. A blip. I use that word on purpose. Uh, it is about the blip. Imagine... I bet you someone saw Avengers, Endgame, Infinity War and Endgame. And it's got the blip. People... Oh, and then... Spider-Man Far From Home deals a little bit with the after with the, the the unblip, the people coming back, right? And what happens there when the people come back after being gone for four or five years? Same thing with talking to Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. So yes, so Manifest is about an airplane full of people that disappears and then it comes back in five years, and now these people are like coming back to a world that moved on without them. Uh, so to them, it was just like they went on a plane trip, they landed, and it's been you know an yes, hour. Yes, it's blipped the show, but okay. it, but not Marvel. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what if what if we follow, make a show about the people that like the real people that have to deal with this stuff? That's that's manifest. Interesting. Uh, there's already three seasons of it. Oh wow, that's crazy. So uh, anyway, Netflix may bring that on for season four because season three ended with a bit of a cliffhanger. I think so. Mm. That's a problem. Um, Alan Taylor who has directed a bunch of episodes of great TV shows like Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and all sorts of amazing stuff uh, and has also directed um, Thor The Dark World and Terminator Genesis. (laughs) Bad movies. He's directed good shows, bad movies. Directing the Interview with a Vampire show for AMC. Okay. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I like the idea. I'm fine with it. I mean, it's not going to be Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, but oh man, <laughs> Antonio Banderas. Oh my god, just like the sexiest dudes ever in their like 20s height of sexiness. Yep. Um, I'll, no, be, but, I'll be in weird sexy <laughs> time period vampires. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Anne Rice vampire shit. Christian Slater is just like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, tell me more, uh, vampires. Um, 
so that's happening. So Anna Taylor is doing the interview at a vampire show. <laughs> Meanwhile, Charlie Theron teaming up with Andy and Barbara Muschietti. This is the um, director, producer, husband, wife duo who did it. Okay. And it chapter two. Okay. And uh, what's Muschietti doing now? Um, uh, something that's coming out. It's very popular. We're looking forward to it. What is it? Oh my god, I can't think of it. He, uh, they're doing with Charlie Theron an HBO Max horror series called The Final Girl Support Group. So you know, you know the trope of the Final Girl, which is in the horror movies where there's like usually the slasher movie like Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis's quote The Final Girl. Um, in uh, Cabin in the Woods, it was all about the final girl at yeah. the end, mm-hmm. right? That trope. Yeah. Uh, so here's a show about a support group of all these final girls. Oh, nice. Yeah. They've all survived. They've all survived, but obviously now there's going to be some sort of new horror that they have to deal with. Um, it's based on a novel. Charlize Theron's going to produce it. Obviously, she's going to be in it. And uh, yeah, it's about a support group of six final girls, survivors of mass murder rampages who experience... Uh, who experiences inspired slasher franchises that uh, saturate horror cinema, etc., etc., etc. There we go. That's coming. Oh, that'll be cool. There we go. That'll be know. fun. So be it. Netflix <clears throat> has a thing coming called Brand New Cherry Flavor. I saw. I think I saw the preview for that. It does not look good. Oh, you're not, you're not interested? No. Um, it's from the creator of Channel Zero, Nick Antolska. Uh, starring Catherine Keener as a killer cat lady. Brand new cherry flavor is a Netflix series that uh, is set in 1990s Hollywood. And it's about a, uh, let's see here, where is it? It says, uh, based on, wait, blah, 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 blah. It's a thing where, oh, I thought I had it earlier. Anyway. Oh, a filmmaker heads to Hollywood in the early 90s to make her movie, but stumbles down a hallucinatory rabbit hole of sex. Magic, revenge, and kittens. It's kind of weird. All right. Uh, Channel Zero. Anyway, people should watch it. That's on Shudder. <laughs> Seasons one, two, and four. Three is a... And the Last of Us TV series is coming, Drew Cogburn. Okay. And you want to hear about the budget? It rivals Game of Thrones. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. That makes sense. It's going to be a, a hugely budgeted film. Ten episodes will cost... Uh, let's see how much. It just says tens of millions of dollars. Wasn't there a number here? It's going to cost a lot of money. No. They're spending a lot of money on the show, Drew's a guy. Do you ever, have you played this game? No. It's a PlayStation game, right? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be written by the guy who co-wrote uh, Chernobyl. Okay. It's going to star Pedro Pascal. Okay. And other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> the game creator co-wrote the series. It, it as might. As executive producer. Yeah. It might be a good video game adaptation. It could be. And it's a series, too. So. Yeah. So it gives you time to tell the actual story, not trying to condense it down to a fucking movie. And then be like, oh, we got to recreate this thing from the from the game for the for the small percentage of the audience who actually played the game. Yeah. Uh, it started production in Alberta, Canada. And according to the head of one of the unions, each of the 10 episodes will cost at least tens of billions of dollars. Yeah. That's a lot of money for a TV show. Well, I mean, these, if, I, if I, I know a little bit about the plot. It's basically, so you, you know the, there's this type of ant that gets uh, the head fungus yeah the head fungus it's it's that with people okay that's sort of like the spore in Halo yeah 
Right, the dudes that run yeah. around all yep. mutated uh-huh. from the yes. from the fungus spores. Yep. It's fun. That's scary and fun. No. Believable because you just breathe it in. Oh, it's coming, Drew, on HBO Max. On HBO, the last I mean, of us TV show. I like me some Pedro Pascal, so I'll watch it. I like me some Pedro Pascal as well. Uh, okay, final segment. We got out of the streams, and we're going to end the show now with the Talking Shit segment. Uh, sponsored by the government's D.A.R.E. program. Do drugs. Dare uh, to do drugs. Dare to do drugs, guys. First off, uh, so we reported on this a few weeks ago, where Vin Diesel, talking about working with D- Dwayne Johnson and his rivalry, and and Dwayne Johnson being like, there's some candy-ass producers out there, and he's talking about calling off Vin Diesel's work ethic. And then Vin Diesel's like, uh, it's not exactly Fellini-esque, but I was trying to pull a performance out of Dwayne Johnson that he otherwise couldn't get. It was all part of my, gr- my master plan as a producer, blah, blah, right? Well, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt are doing press for Jungle Cruise, and someone asked him about Vin Diesel's. I mean, they, they seem program. to be having a lot of fun together doing that. Oh, Blunt and Johnson? Yeah, they are enjoying themselves, actually. Uh, which makes me think that uh, Dwayne Johnson's the nicer of the, of the bunch here. Anyway, so someone asked him about Vin Diesel's quote. Dwayne Johnson, quote, I laughed and I laughed hard, telling Hollywood Reporter. Uh, I think everyone had a laugh at that. He said, and I'll leave it at that. But then he goes on and doesn't leave it at that. I wish them well. I wish them well on Fast 9. I wish them the best of luck on Fast 10 and Fast 11 and the rest of the movies they do that will be without me. Mm. So he's sort of making his announcement. Like, that's it. I'm done yeah. with the with these guys in the Fast franchise. And then Emily Blunt said, just thank God he was there. Speaking of Vin Diesel, thank God he carried you through that. <laughs> Wow, even she's getting it on the Emily, shade. Emily Blunt throwing, mm. throwing shots at fucking, that's crazy. Um, and then he even threw a shot at... Uh, I mean, you can't fuck with Mary Poppins, bro. No, you can't fuck with No, Mary Poppins, you can't. Vin Diesel, to remind people, said, quote, it was a tough character to embody, the Hobbs character. My approach at the time was a lot of tough love to assist in getting the performance where it needed to be. Uh, that's something I'm proud of, that aesthetic. It took a lot of work. Not Fellini-esque, but I would do anything to have to do in order to get performances and anything I'm producing. That was all in response to Dwayne Johnson's original post where he said, um, uh, I'm super proud to work with all these Fast and Furious people. I work super hard, uh, and it sucks that there's like uh, candy asses that don't hold up their end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. Calling out Vin-, Vin Diesel's work ethic. And if it's between Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson, uh, talking about work ethic... Who are you gonna Who are you gonna believe more? Uh, Dwayne Johnson, the guy who works out at three forty five in the morning. I, I was about to say the the man who's not only starring in every movie, but he produces them. He's got a mm. television show about his early life. How about him? Cur- currently going on, just straight up about he, him. He he started a tequila company and yep. an energy drink company, and yep. God knows what else he's doing financially. I mean. Wh- wh- we're, I mean, we're if, only he, talking about work ethic right now. Yeah, mother, motherfucker it. is working twenty four seven. He is it. He's like the definition of overworking, the overworking yeah. American. He's doing it. Vin Diesel's like it was tough love. I had to pretend to be a bit pain in the ass to get him to do the Hobbs character. He did. You don't need to do nothing. Let get Dwayne Johnson to do nothing. Some bullshit. Yeah, Vin Diesel's full shit. So, um, <clears throat> finally, the director of Space Jam had some comments on. Space Jam, A New Legacy. You think they were good? No. Of course not. This is the talking shit segment of the show. Just a kind of run according to a new TMZ report. The director, Joe Pitka, uh, has issues with the soundtrack and supporting cast. He told 
TMZ that the movie... Uh, he, he had to watch it over five separate occasions as it was too dull to complete at once. He said the soundtrack was insignificant. Uh, same with the NBA players used in the movie, like Anthony Davis and Damian Lillard. And said the truth is that Michael ain't LeBron. He also depicted the depiction of Bugs Bunny saying that uh, Bugs looked like a, um, a plush doll that you'd buy at an airport gift shop. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, damn. Take that, Space Jam New Legacy, which dropped had a week-to-week drop of 69%. It was number one last weekend. Knocked out Black Widow from the number one spot. It dropped 69% to number four. It made less money than Black Widow did this weekend. Uh, and it's like the biggest drop for a family movie in forever. Now, how much is that pandemic? How much of that is Space Jam just not being good? How much of it is people watching it at home? Right. That's I, wa- I mean, I watched it. I watched home. it at home. Yeah, I didn't bother going to the theater. Even with my no. Regal app, I didn't bother going to the theater. I'm not paying 53 cents <laughs> yeah, on man. top of everything else I'm already paying for. I mean, on top of the 10-minute drive. You know, I got to sit through trailers for, like, what, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Uh-huh. I'm not even seeing trailers for movies I want to see in front of Space Jam. You know what I mean? Yeah. You ain't showing the Dune trailer in front of Space Jam. No. Or get, or Don't Breathe 2. Don't Breathe 2. Oh, my what God. What the fuck? He's got a kid now that's not his kid. What's going Obvi- on? They I burned mean, the house down? Maybe it's maybe it's, maybe he made a baby. It worked. He made a baby. He did it. Maybe he did it. He, he saved some of the jizz that was <laughs> shot down his throat and he made a baby. Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't. I'm so confused. He, well, also because in this movie, it looks like he's the good yes, They flipped guy. it. This, gro- this gross, like, kidnapper, <laughs> statutory rapist type dude is not the good guy. I can't wait to flip it. Baby's got the dog. What the fuck is going on? It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. No. It's 2021, man. But, I mean, I'm going to see it. It's like uh, we're in a variant timeline where uh, we accidentally switched over into that timeline where in Don't Breathe, the old blind man with the gun is the good guy. <laughs> That's how it happens sometimes. So weird. Uh, Drew Sakagran, it's the end of the episode. So okay. thank you, sir. You're welcome, sir. You are awesome. And you are welcome, listeners, for this week's program. We'll be back next week with our reviews of The Green Knight, finally. Yes. Oh, man, that's exciting. Looking forward to that. It'll be a bummer for like, eh. Yeah, it wasn't that good. We're trying to make ourselves <laughs> like it. I, I, I really wanted to like it. We, had, it was, we wiped ourselves but up it was for, garbage. for 14 months. Well, it's just okay. I mean, it could happen. Mm. Oh. <laughs> it could happen. That's how it means at the end of the episode. Queen's World! Queen's World! Party time! Excellent! PFT Media Production.